Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. There's a touch of madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to DDP Today, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and tonight I am joined by a bunch of my friends, and I am so excited to be here because we have an awesome Disney topic. But before we get to that, let's go around the table, see how everyone's week was. I'm going to start with my buddy, Mr. Joe Q. New ride today, man. I love it. Yeah, man. I just uh, traded in my old motorcycle for a new one, so the only downfall is is that the new bike doesn't have speakers on it yet. So there will be mm. no Festival Fantasy being played while riding on the motorcycle until I get the new speakers put in. But it's really nice. I'm super excited about it. I had a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, shout out to all of our veterans out there and for all those who made the ultimate sacrifice for us here to do what we love to do here and live in this great country. So shout out to our veterans and everybody who serves in our armed services. So I uh, hope everybody had a great weekend. Very, very well said, my friend. Uh, coming down, Mr. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I survived Bike Week. Uh, it's pretty much over here, um, so work is kind of back to normal. Uh, tonight's Tuesday night, and I'm off the next couple of days, so this is kind of like my Friday. You know, how my weird schedule, a couple of days on, a couple of days off kind of thing goes. So uh, I'm excited to be recording with you guys tonight, not have to be in bed at an ungodly hour so I can make it to work in the morning. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you guys and chatting a little Disney tonight. Yeah, man, we're going to have some fun. Uh, last but not least, the one, the only, the incredible Dan Rossi. How are you, bud? What's up? What's up? Uh, you know, we talked about this earlier today. Y- you know, I know we love making fun of me because I'm old, but, man, it's it's hitting me hard this week. It seems like all these little nagging injuries coming around and, like, just, like, my upper 40s are, are catching up with me. But the good news is, as you can see in my background here, in about three days I'm going to be sitting on a beach in Jamaica uh, so I cannot wait. I have one more day of work tomorrow at the firehouse, and then uh, we are going to be uh, wheels up on Friday morning, so I cannot wait. Can I give you just a little advice before you travel? What's that? Let's take it a little bit easier with the dirty martinis this vacation, okay? Ooh, yeah. Last time Jen and I went to a sandals resort was uh, was last June in Barbados, and I think uh, that probably caused my uh, my medical emergency after I came home. So no, no, no more of that. No more of that. Uh, before we get into tonight's topic, I want to get into just a little bit of Disney news. I didn't even tell you guys we were going to do this, but it's something that you know off the top of your head, so uh, not too much uh, show prep for that. Um, we got some more information on the Disney dining plan. Not a lot of changes to the new dining plan considered to the old dining plan. So I just want to, we're not going to go through everything. Maybe in the future we'll do a show on it. Uh, but I do want to get your take on the dining plan individually because we all kind of approach Disney in different ways. You know, Joe, you and I are annual pass holders, we're in the parks a lot. Um, you know, we, we do Disney, you know, a little bit different. Dan, you have to fly down. It's more planning. You have a family of five. Um, and Mike, you have older kids. You've got two girls, one in college, one going to be in college, you know, sooner than you probably like. And, uh, we all kind of approach Disney in a different way. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the dining plan. Do you think it's worth it for families to prepay for it? Because here's the thing. Uh, I think a lot of people are very, very happy about this being back and this really, you know, it's Joe, it's one of those things that for me, it's the reason I love cruising so much is the fact that everything's paid before I go. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's the equivalent of having a well, drink package, all-inclusive drink package. May it be the best uh, value or deal for your family? Maybe, maybe not. It's up to every family's individual, right? You have to run the numbers on that. For us, for Jen and I, uh, it's the, the dining plan isn't really... We don't we don't do it. Um, we're not really even looking forward to doing it for any future uh, trips coming up to Disney World. I mean, the last time I was on a dining plan, I did a trip, uh, a mother son trip with my mom back in 07. We were on the dining plan sitting at Wilderness Lodge. And uh, that was the last time uh, we did one of those. And uh, but yeah, we never use it. But for families who like to kind of like not worry about it, not put their, you know, take their wallet out during their stay. Uh, I mean, it may work out for them. So it's to each his own. Yeah, it's one of those things where it really is an individual family choice. But 
Mike, I'm super glad that they have brought this back because now it does give those families the opportunity. The one thing I will say, see if you agree with me or not, for a lot of families, this may encourage them to eat at some of the restaurants they wouldn't have eaten at before um, if they do the dining plan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know quite a few times when we've used the dining plan before, we've always had excess amount of snack credits. You know, it's just one of those things that we just never really burned through a lot of snacks during the day. But when you're doing certain things, like maybe walking around a food and wine festival or some of the carts that are out and they have those eligible things to try, you know, a small little snack or a sample, you might go out of your comfort zone and try something that you haven't tried before. Um, you know, we haven't used a dining planner in a long time. Do I see ourselves using it again? Probably not. Um, we Now that we're driving down, we can kind of bring a lot of things with us, you know, whether it be water or some, you know, uh, creamery stuff or some stuff that we want to keep cold. We have the refrigerators and the resorts. So I don't think we're going to be using the dining plan anytime soon. Um, I know as a as a parent when I was kind of starting out with going on vacations with my kids and, you know, money was tight. You know, we were uh, not working as much as we were. Uh, the kind of hours that we were and, you know, we were kind of on a budget and to have that comfort zone of being on vacation and not have the shell shock of, oh my God, I just wanted to take my daughter to a princess dinner. Now I'm looking at a $600 bill for macaroni and cheese. So to have that comfort level there of something prepaid was always fantastic for our family. It's kind of like that January credit card bill you get, you know, after, after, uh, you know, after Christmas kind of rolls around. So to ha- not have that shock is a great thing for a lot of families, especially if you're on a budget. Nice to have that knowing that it's all taken care of before you go. Yeah, it's one of those things where, I, especially when we used to do it, Katie and I started and we would do the deluxe dining plan with three table service meals. Um, that no longer exists. Uh, so, but now you have the Disney dining plan, you have the quick service plan. Dan, look, you are great at budgeting. Like You're one of those people that's really good with numbers. You're really good at you know figuring out what's best for your family. Were you, was the dining plan ever, one, did you ever do it? And two, if you did it, was it worth it for a family of five in your eyes? You know, because you have three boys, man. They can eat um, to, to go to Disney and include that. Because, like I said, we've got a lot of clients that they are super excited about this being back. And now it gives them the option to say, hey, I'm going to prepay everything. I'll go to Disney and just enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, we only had it one time. It was, I think it was our first trip. We only did the quick service dining plan. And the, the boys were little then. And I think I explained this before. In, in summertime at Disney, it's hot. Sometimes you don't want to eat a lot of food. And some of those kids' meals could honestly be split among a couple of smaller kids. I mean, just because they're just not that hungry, you know, in, in the in the peak of summertime. So, But like you guys said, it's, it's, it's really up to each individual family. Like I think if you love going to character meals, the, the dining plan is great for families with that. Because, again, the, the, the character meals are – they're, they're all you can eat, or as Disney says, all you care to enjoy. So they're expensive. Uh, so if you are in on some sort of dining plan where you can go to multiple character meals, uh, it really does make that dining plan worth it for them. Uh, but if you're a family that doesn't do that and you don't eat a ton of food, then you're really honestly better off just kind of going a la carte. But like I said, it's, it's nice to have everything paid for before you go. Yeah, so uh, the reason we want to talk about this is right now it's May 30, tomorrow, May 31st bookings uh, will open up for uh, January and, and January the 9th, 2024 is when the dining plan will start and you'll be able to use that really quickly. Not much has changed with the dining plan. One quick service meal per night of stay, one table service meal, one snack or non-alcoholic beverage per night of stay, one resort refillable mug. Um, and as far as like what you get with the meals, quick service meal, you get one entree and one non-alcoholic beverage with a table service meal, one entree, one non-alcoholic beverage or an alcoholic beverage for guests 21 or older, or you can do one full buffet um, with that as well. So here's here's what I do want to talk about really quickly is it is ex- kind of exactly like it used to be in the fact that if you want to do a character meal or you want to do a one of the shows, you know, uh, you know, kind of like hoopty do something like that, that's going to cost you two credits, uh, two two table service credits with that. Also, Mike, this is kind of crazy. If you want to go and you want to, let's say, do a – you're staying at the Grand Floridian and you want to have room service, you want to have in, in-room in dining, it's two table service credits for in-service dining there uh, for the private in-room dining. Now, it's only offered you know, at the Grand Floridian. Um, but also, one more thing, it is, uh, it is one of those things where – if you want to do pizza, so you will have to use two quick service meals 
for a uh, pizza pickup. So, Mike, that's quite a bit that, to get some of the smaller stuff. Yeah, that is quite a bit, um, especially when you have the things available like you know Uber Eats and and uh, and and. Uh, uh, DoorDash, you know, we've used them before. I think we were down in Universal, and we wound up using that as a delivery service. Uh, that that is quite a bit to use those extra credits. You know, I think it was the Patreon show I said a while ago, and I said that Disney's really missing the mark. You know, they've kind of dipped their toes in the water with the Lyft service. They should really be doing a you know delivery service when it comes to you know having some of the meals from the restaurants delivered to your room, kind of an in-room kind of thing. Just don't have it at just Grand Floridian. You know, uh, like I said, they've kind of dipped their toe in the water with the uh, Lyft service. You know, do that with like a Disney Uber Eats. I mean, they kind of had the technology there already. You're doing the mobile ordering. So to to incorporate a vehicle into that whole system, I don't think it would be too much. And then to have that incorporated into the dining system too, the dining plan, I think that would be really cool to kind of mesh all of that together. And I think it would be really great for the company. Yep, 100%. So I want to talk about that just really quickly before we get into our main topic. And that is Disney Dining. We're going to talk about something that I think a lot of people have an issue with. And that's the fact that... Whenever you go to Walt Disney World, sometimes you're with a lot of people, especially with your family. Some people are picky, picky eaters, but a lot of people are adventurous eaters. They want to get out there where they want to explore. They want to try things they've never done. And so tonight we're going to talk about the top 10 places to eat in Walt Disney World for adventurous eaters. And uh, we're going to roll through these. We're going to talk about the menus a little bit, our experience with them, if we enjoy them or not, and if you should check them out on your vacation, which is always a lot of fun. I'm going to start with our number 10. Because I absolutely love this place. We're going to head over to Animal Kingdom, and we're going to go over to Africa. And look, these as you're, as you're thinking about these, these are only places inside the parks. These are not at Disney Springs. These are not inside the resorts. So don't think we overlooked or left out some of these great places. We have just decided that we're only going to stay inside the parks for these and, uh, and chat a little about them. And I'm going to go over to Animal Kingdom. I'm going to head over to Africa, and I am going to Tusker House to talk about some of the great things. Uh, I mean, look, everything from the breads, the dips, you got mini zebra loaves, honey rosemary rolls, cornbread muffins, naan bread, um, hummus, mango chutney, uh, tazatiki sauce. You're going to hear us butcher all kinds of words on this episode, so just get ready. Uh, you've got a black eyed pea salad, cauliflower salad, quinoa, and chickpea salad. And as far as your entrees, uh, you've got some house specialties, spit roast tandoori chicken, a Barbary marinated pork, green curry shrimp, chicken curry, zatar braised beef, and a chermoula salmon fillets. Uh, they also do have stuff, if you are not very adventurous, that you can go and you can pick up. Um, but, of course, you also have some great character friends joining you over at Tusker House that you can hang with them. But there are lots of options for you to expand your palate at Tusker House. Joe, have you ever been here, and do you enjoy it? Uh, I think I've been there once, uh, and it's not bad. Actually, everywhere in Animal Kingdom is usually pretty good. Uh, so, I mean, I haven't really... I agree. These are places, if you're going to be an adventurous eater, right? I think Disney's a great place to do it. It's a kind of a safer place. You know that the flavors aren't going to be too uh, crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I think this is like a great place to start up to try some new things. But uh, yeah, it's been a while, you know, but uh, um, yeah, I've had pretty good luck there so far. Nice. Nice. Uh, Mike? Somewhere you enjoy? Yep. I think we've done it a couple of times on the menu uh, when we've been down there with the kids. I don't think they were that crazy about it, but I think it was one of those dining reservations that we happened to get last minute. We wound up doing it. And it was a decent meal. You know, not our favorite place in Animal Kingdom. Um, I'll talk about our favorite place there a little bit later in the in the show. But um, but definitely worth giving it a try. Yeah, man. 100%. Dan, is this something for your family? Uh, I have never eaten there. Again, you're going to hear this a lot from me tonight. Uh, I have a lot of picky eaters in my house, so if there's anything on that menu that looks a little bit different, uh, it's going to be a fight for me to, uh, to to attend any of these restaurants. Some of the restaurants that we're going to talk about tonight I've actually attended uh, when I've gone on solo trips for the agency, uh, so that's the only time that I typically get to eat something that's a little bit, uh, a little bit different. 100%. Let's move on to number nine. Uh, you know, is someplace that a lot of people might not try because it is in the most magical place on property. And it's one of those places that if you look at the menu, you might be scared off a little bit. And uh, that is Skipper Canteen coming in at number nine over in Adventureland in the Magic Kingdom. Dan, an incredible restaurant. Love the storyline. Love everything it has to do with bringing the Jungle Cruise into a restaurant. Yep. Uh, this is actually a restaurant that I, I dragged the entire family to uh, a few years back. And, and again, like we love the Jungle Cruise. So if you like the Jungle Cruise, you know, basically, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought it was supposed to be, you know, 
retired Jungle Cruise skippers that basically work there now, and they're kind of you, you get the same feel that you do when you're on the Jungle Cruise. The menu is a little, again, it's a little bit different, uh, but they do have some things that you know, if you have some 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 family members that don't want to get too adventurous, there's still some normal stuff on there. So they have a hanger steak. Um, they have a taste like chicken because it is. So, again, that's kind of like a fried chicken dish that uh, actually Jen got. And they had like a sweet chili glaze on it. She just got it on the side. So, you know, again, not too adventurous. Uh, they usually have some sort of sustainable fish because I think uh, one of the boys got like a red snapper when we were there at that time. They have some uh, hearty hard char Sioux pork, uh, some braised lamb chops. I think they even have like, a, like a, a pan-Asian like noodle dish as well. I think one of the boys got that. Everything that I've had here was really good. Uh, we've only been here twice, uh, and it's been a few years, but everything on the menu that we've tried so far, we were actually really big fans of. Yeah, it's I, I enjoy Skipper Canteen. Mike, it's one of those things, I remember when it first came out, I did not like it at all. I was hmm. not a fan. I was not a fan at all. And then they actually went in and redid the menu. They had a pho that was really good. Um, but they also have some, the pork there is good. There's some really unique, awesome things on this menu to check out. Yeah, I was kind of, dis not disappointed, because I had great company when we went over to, uh, when Joe and I and Rick went to go ride the Tron. Uh, I was kind of thinking maybe that would be a great time to get that that in, because I know the kids weren't too crazy about going to Skipper Canteen. Um, we wound up going to Tony's, um, which is very adventurous for me and Joe, but uh, that's amazing another topic. Um, so, but yeah, so uh, I, I kind of wanted to pick that out. If I wound up going there on a solo trip, I'm definitely going to make that one of the priorities, because I kind of like what I see on the menu. I just haven't been able to convince the family to go there yet joe have you ever done it i have it's been a while it's been a couple of years since uh jen and i went there we went there with uh, our friends that live over in tampa and uh, it's one of those ones we kind of grabbed like a last minute adr but it's one of those things where jen and i if we're in the magic kingdom we want to go somewhere we're going to end up at like we're going to end up at olivia's we're going to end up at turf club at grand Floridian cafe we're just we're not going to like invest a sit down in the middle of the magic kingdom when there's better options at the resorts which you know we love and those are some of our favorite spots so we've done it before i could been there, done that. I'm surprised it. I'm surprised it hasn't been as popular. I know they toned down the menu from when it first opened, but I'm surprised it really doesn't. It's not something guests really talk about. I don't know if you guys see it on the travel agent side if people really want to book that that restaurant or not. But it's. I'm surprised it's really not. It's an ideal location, a great theme, but it seems like it's rarely packed. No, it's not, and people kind of shy away from it. I think it's because of the menu. Yeah. I mean, Dan, you see it. I mean, I I try to steer. Do you try to steer people here? Because I do. I'm like, listen. It is so strange to me that Magic Kingdom, out of all the parks, has the worst dining. For sure. I mean, yeah, shouldn't that be the opposite, guys? Like, shouldn't that be the the fact that it's like, this is your flagship location, flagship park? If Let's think about it. I mean, Joe, although we all might feel differently here, we all might have our own individual, the Grand Floridian is the flagship Absolutely. resort yeah. of Walt Disney World. It also has the flagship restaurants of Walt Disney World. When you talk Victorian Alberts, Citricos, Narcoozies, like it's it has the best fine dining at Walt Disney World as a whole. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's up there. Yet you go a, one boat ride over or a monorail ride or a walk and you go to the Magic Kingdom, which is a flagship staple of, of Walt Disney World, and yet the dining is subpar. Yes, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think in my mind where I rate it. I probably, dude, I probably rate it three out of four. It, it's, I think, of the four parks. Oh yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I think it's at the. Yeah, I mean, I think it's at the bottom. <laughs> it's it the might worst. Be at the bottom. I think yeah. it's the bottom. It's, it's a step. It's part. a step up from value food court food. Yeah, <laughs> like I would rather go to uh, Art of Animation. <laughs> go to the food court there. I think Mike would agree with that too. Although I do, I am a fan of like the, uh, you know, to, of uh, not Tony's, but uh, Casey's. I like the corn dog nuggets. Those are great. But besides that, everything's kind of like, eh, you know, so. It, it's just, it's so strange because they have such a great opportunity to implement some great foods there. And you think it's the fact that they have said in the Magic Kingdom, it makes more sense to have quick services that are going to be more uh, attractive than table services to get people out and about getting Genie Plus you know, spending money at, at shops and stuff like that. Like I, it's, it's so weird to me because it, and, and, but yet with that said, Mike Skipper Canteen, it might be the, the, the one restaurant that kind of has a saving grace in that park. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying about wanting to have the better flagship, tiny above uh, quick service, but. If you're going to have people going to the restaurant, put out a quality food. You know, the, the like, I'm sorry, but there are so many better Italian restaurants in Walt Disney World and the entire property that, that just put, put Tony's to shame or some of the other places to shame. Uh, I, I mean, I know there's not much of a difference between like, like you have Garden Grill over in Epcot and you have the similar over in, you know, in, uh, over in Magic Yeah, like Kingdom. Horseshoe, Diamond Horseshoe yeah. and all that. Yeah. So, I mean, th- there's that, but I mean... I don't know. I just feel like they could do so much better with the type of theming that they do in Epcot, the type of, uh, not so much theming, but just the better quality restaurants. I guess they figure they got you here for the park. They don't have to give you a good food product because they got your hook, like, and sinker for everything else. You know, you're, you're not going to Magic Kingdom for the food, but you go to Epcot for Food and Wine Festival. So I just kind of think, like, you know, we don't, we don't do that because we don't have to do that. You know what's funny, too? As I'm looking down our list here... Um None of these restaurants have terrible food. Like, all these restaurants have quality food. I would go eat. The ones I haven't eaten at, I would go to, and I've eaten at most of these. So um, um, it's going to be fun to go through this. Please take our advice. Look, we are all in the parks. We, we do this on you know a regular basis. If you're planning a trip right now to Walt Disney World, you're planning a trip to Magic Kingdom, Dan, people need to go to Skipper Canteen. Make it a part of your day. They do have things. If you have people that aren't adventurous eaters, go to Skipper Canteen. Yeah, I like Mike was saying, you know, you have, you have, there's tons of stuff to do in Magic Kingdom, but they still have table service restaurants to go to at Magic Kingdom. They need to make them better. And honestly, you know, besides, besides going to, I can't even think of another one. I would say Skipper Canteen has to have the best food in Magic Kingdom for a sit down restaurant. It's I mean, better than, it's better than Be Our Guest and it's better than um, Cinderella's Royal Table. Yeah, well, and, and those come at a hefty price. They come at a hefty price. You're, you could get a decent steak or some, you know, some chicken here at Skipper Canteen, and again, it's it's different. You just want to go and get, you know, your standard steak or your standard roasted chicken. These are different dishes. So again, you have to have at least a a, a little bit of an adventurous palate. But again, you know, give it a shot because again, this is something different. The, you know, these are ten things that you're not going to find everywhere. You know, if, if you were a little bit adventurous, I would give this one a shot because it's, it's actually really good. 100%. Moving on to number eight, we're going to head over to Epcot. We're going to go to Norway. Mike, Akershus Royal Banquet Hall. Now, this is a restaurant where I spent a lot of my time in because uh, for the main reason being, not for the food, but because it was a dining experience when you get to have characters. Uh, and we've talked about it before, how incorporating a character meal into your Dining for the day, dining for your trip can, you know, bring another experience that you're trying to gain during the park and kind of save you time. Uh, and obviously, the father of two little girls who absolutely loved and adored princesses their whole childhood, this was always a must for us. Uh, like I said, we never went here because of the food. We always went here because of the experience that you got, the fantastic pictures, and the interactions that we had. But if you're just another person who would like to try the type of food and likes to run into the occasional princess, um, even if you're not going there for the character meat it's got a pretty pretty decent menu um the one thing that i liked about it was they would have the cold buffet and they would have a lot of norwegian specials so if you look at their their entree their uh appetizer specials because they would have this kind of cold bar out there they would have a wide assortment of all types of um cheeses goat cheeses um all types of little toppings you can put on it almost like you, you see these uh charcuterie boards now which is pretty popular when we go to somebody's house it was basically a large spread of a lot of that type of stuff um anything from potato salads to some very unique type of norway dishes that you would get there um there's obviously some of the morality friendly they tell you what you know what's in them because some of them you can't even pronounce the names on them uh, and then once you, that's part of everybody's meal. And then you get to pick your entrees. And you have your typical entrees where you have uh, a fried salmon, you have a chicken breast, you have the tenderloins, just your usual run of the mill type of stuff. My favorite thing to get there is obviously the meatballs because, you know, when you start getting into that type of culture, those meatballs were always my favorite. Uh, I could eat those all day, every day. And, um, and then obviously, once you're done with your entree, they have the, the typical type of desserts you could have uh, anywhere between, um, you know, cookies the sorbets, the different types of desserts. They, they vary the desserts up once in a while. Um, I do know sometimes even in the cold menu on the uh, on the appetizer stuff that you would get, that cold bar, they would change those fruits and some of those things around once in a while. I don't know if it was seasonal or just what they would get in shipments, but um, definitely a solid meal and by all means, one of the best experiences, one of the best 
pictures my girls always had with their favorite princesses going forward. And uh, if you have anybody, son or a daughter, that loves the princesses, that's definitely a great place to check out. Yeah, for me, look, I, I've done this many, many times. Um, I haven't done it in quite a while, but I have done it. Um, for me, what puts this on the list, and Mike, you referred to it, is the the cold bar. Um, is what you get before you ever, you know, kind of sit down to do your table service. Um, it is pretty unique in the fact that there are some fish and some cheese offerings and some. There's some offerings on there that. So I so let me give you an inside look at at my neighborhood. So I live next door to um, a Danish fellow. He's from Denmark. Um, and he is, Finn is 84 years old, 84, 85. And every day at noon, he has a, uh, he has pickled herring with crackers and a, I think it's Ludovisk. I'm, I'm, I'm murdering people. I'm so sorry to our Norwegian listeners. He has this alcoholic drink that tastes a little bit like black licorice um i i don't like it um he's given me a bottle of it before but he does it every day pickled herring you know on a cracker and this alcoholic drink and he does it every day and the man is 84 moses grass hangs out goes walking like he is living the life down here in charleston south carolina and he's like, I asked him, I'm like, how do you look good, man? He's like, yep, it's because I have pickled herring and my alcohol, you know, his lutefisk or whatever it's called every single day. And that's the kind of stuff you get on this cold bar is that kind of representation of Norway. And you can try it. And that's what makes it. If you're an adventurous eater, you could actually take your family here. Your kids will get to meet princes. You know, if someone's not a vintage theater, there's chicken breasts or stuff like that for them. But you can go and you can really try some stuff that's pretty gnarly. Uh, Joey, have you ever tried it? I've tried Norwegian food before. I have some friends that live in Decorah, Iowa. And for our listeners up in the uh, the Midwest and the that kind of portion of the country, it's a very heavy Norwegian population there. So I've tried a few of these things. I'm not a big fish person. I've never tried any of the food in Norway at Epcot. So I can't say that. Uh, so I've tried a few things at local festivals but nothing uh in walt disney unfortunately it's not something i really uh, seek out either it's just not my uh my style but shout out to your buddy or your neighbor for eating pickle herring every day uh maybe every that's day. maybe that's a secret to uh you know the fountain of the youth possibly so <laughs> he, he asked me he asked me all the time he's like you want some I'm like no i do i do not i i appreciate the offer but i am I am good. I can't imagine what my breath would smell like after that. It would just be horrendous, you know, like this awful uh, liquor and then pickled herring. <laughs> Katie wouldn't get near me for seven days. Um, and I was already up to six, so I can't have another day added on. Dan, uh, you ever done it? It doesn't seem like this is something up your alley with three no. boys. No, and, uh, and, and my, my shoulder hurts, my hip hurts, my knees hurts, and I don't have pickled herring every day, so that's probably why. The boys, again, the boys, they weren't in, obviously, and not into princesses, no big deal. This is, this is definitely a restaurant, though, that if I have clients that, you know, have, you know, girls or boys, you know, that, that want to go see a bunch of princesses, this is the perfect place to go. Um, in my opinion, you know, again, I, I haven't had this, this meal before, so I guess I can't, I don't want to sit here and, and say anything bad about it, but I think that the main draw to this is you get to go see those princesses in, uh, in this story, Brick Dining, and, you know, it's the perfect spot. Uh, you know, maybe the food's not too bad, but boy, that's, I, I don't want to touch that pickled herring. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, moving on to number seven, uh, we're heading over to Discovery Island in Animal Kingdom right before we head over into Pandora. And this is maybe where I've had my most adventurous meal on Disney property, and that is Tiffin's. Joe, a fantastic spot. Uh, for people looking for a quality, high-end meal in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, man, this is a underrated spot. I believe a lot of people will walk by Tiffin's uh, as they head over to Pandora. It'll be on your right-hand side as you're coming in from the park. Uh, it's a great spot. It's a little bit more of an upscale dining for being in a theme park. Uh, a little bit adventurous. You're going to find similar kind of items that you'd find maybe at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Like You're going to be able to find your your signature bread service. You're going to have some uh, you know pork belly and 
and charcuterie boards that seem to be kind of like a standardized thing that Disney likes to be uh, you know putting out uh, in their restaurants. It's a charcuterie board, but you can get uh, falafel. They have plant-based tacos if that's kind of up your alley. Uh, different kinds of soup, uh, charred octopus for appetizers. So they have like that kind of a little bit of adventurous um, dining, but then. As you get into the main courses for dinner, uh, they have a, a spiced veal, a surf and turf, which is uh, the most expensive thing on the menu at $65. Uh, the butter chicken, which I think we all love here. The butter chicken is at any kind of restaurant in Animal Kingdom or Animal Kingdom Lodge is always fantastic. Uh, sustainable fish. They have shrimp and grits, uh, Szechuan noodles, and they even have a short rib for uh, if any of those other options aren't up your alley. Uh, and you could have different kinds of advancements as well. They have lobster mac and cheese and uh, they have different kinds of desserts and stuff. So, uh, you know, they have like your standard, uh, you know, kids menu and stuff too as well. They have like, you know, skewer, well, not standard menu, but they have skewers, grilled uh, teriyaki chicken. So they have even have some lighter adventurous options for the children as well. So if you have a little bit of picky eaters, uh, but it's a great spot. Also the Nomad Lounge is right there. So if you have a reservation, get there a little bit early, have a drink. It overlooks the river. You could people watch. It's a very underrated spot inside the parks. I think it's one of the better restaurants uh, that's opened in a theme park in a long time. I think Mike and Justin, um, you know, you guys go a little bit further back in your Disney trips. Remember Epcot used to be like the epicenter of all mm -hmm. great dining at Disney. Yep. And I think this is probably one of the better restaurants to open in a theme park to have that kind of level of dining that we saw years ago that we're, uh, that we're seeing now. So yeah, Tiffin's is definitely underrated. Uh, a lot of people walk by it, you know, the half day park, which is animal kingdom. But if you're in there late at night, there's a great spot to grab dinner. Uh, you mentioned it too. Nomad Lounge is so underrated. I mean, I'm going to put it as a top five lounge at all Disney world. And I think we did a, I think we did a lounge show and we didn't even put it on there. Um, so that one needs to be needs to be given some love. Mike, I have not sang the praises of this restaurant before. Um, I, I it's okay for me, but it, it but it's here's the point for this episode. It does exactly what you need. It is very adventurous. I got the whole fish. I have to admit something. It's the only it's the only time first and only time I've ever ordered a whole fish. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to eat it. Like it had bones in it and the face was looking at me. <laughs> I had no idea. I was looking at Katie, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Like I just I'd throw it back in the river. I have no idea. <laughs> it's the fish is a, sad. It's very sad. Look at it. It's just staring at me. It's a very unique restaurant and it definitely fits into the most adventure adventurous eating uh, spots that you can have at Walt Disney World. It is. I'm kind of bummed because I actually had a reservation to go there, and I was supposed to do it with the family, kind of convince them that we'll just try it, you know, kind of go out of our comfort zone a little bit, and wind up, push came to shove. Obviously, it was before park reservation time. We, are kind of, are, we had to change our plans on a fly, and I wound up having to cancel the reservation for the day. So I have been to the Nomad Lounge. I've been able to have a cocktail over there. That I've done. Uh, I've kind of went there to kind of cool off and kind of relax a little bit while we were waiting for a Fast Pass, back when Fast Passes were a thing. So um, I've, I've been there. I've kind of hung out there in that spot, but I have not done Tiffin's. I've regretted having to cancel that reservation, and it's definitely one of the things that I want to you know, convince the girls that we should probably go back there and do it again. Yeah, Dan, you ever done it? I have not. You know, to our fault here, I would say, with, like Animal Kingdom. I don't think we've ever done a table service at Animal Kingdom, mm, and I don't know if it, I don't know if that's because, you know, we you know we don't spend full days there, so sometimes we we plan like a Disney Springs like evening, so we're, we want to eat dinner out there. Um, I mean, looking at the menu, it would definitely be something that would have been hard to get to convince Jen and the boys to eat at, but you know. I've actually gotten Jen to kind of expand out a little bit. I see a, like a butter chicken on there. And I think um, I actually dragged her uh, what, last year when we were in Barbados to uh, Sandals when we were, they had a, uh, an Indian restaurant called mm -hmm. Bombay. And again, it was an all-inclusive and, you know, hey, you know, we could go to another place if you don't like this. No big deal, right? So she tried it and she loved it. So, I mean, I think if we, you know, the next time we go down to Animal Kingdom, especially listening to you guys talk about this. I think this is something that definitely needs to be on our list because it's something that's right up my alley, and I think I can at least convince Jen to, uh, to hit this up now, especially with some of these uh, menu items. Yeah, I've been there a few times, and um, it's definitely something every Disney fan should try. I don't like this, and we'll get into this maybe on the patron side a little bit. I don't like this aspect of everyone. And I, you guys, hey, convince me I'm wrong. Animal Kingdom is not a half-day park. No matter what attractions are open or closed 
And we'll, we can chat about that on the patron side a little bit before we get into sure. it. So you can convince me I'm wrong. Uh, moving on, we're going to number six, and we're heading over to Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios. Dan, going to Docking Bay 7, Food and Cargo. Yeah, Docking Bay 7. Again, there's there's some really cool different things, and this is quick service. So it's not, it's not a table service restaurant. Um, of course, you have your Ronto Wrap, which you could get over at Ronto Roasters as well. That's kind of really cool. Uh, they have a like a stir-fry dish that says uh, batu on beef and crispy tapato. Uh, they have some poke bowls, which I don't know if you guys have had those before, but those are really cool. Uh, they have a tuna poke. Uh, they have some pork ribs, some chicken yip tip. Uh, again, I I have had the Ronto wrap a couple of times. I have never tried the, the poke bowls or the ribs. Have you guys eaten there at all? It all looks really good. I've had the ribs, and uh, I ate there actually while on a VIP tour. Um, and so we stopped there, and that's where we had our meal. Um, Joe, I know you haven't eaten there. Mike, get your opinion on it. I haven't eaten there yet. Oh, okay. Really? Yep. Huh? Yep. I haven't eaten there yet. That seems like right up your alley because it's themed well. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we should well, take well, it. Is Doc and Base? I'm not, I got confused. Doc and Base 7, where the, where the, uh, the guy is with the roasters? They, they have the Ronto roasters there, right? It's right above Smuggler's Run. Yes, yes. No, yeah. I have eaten there. I have eaten there. I've, you know what it is? I wait there for breakfast. Oh, got you. Got I you. Because I'm listening to the menu, and I'm like, that doesn't sound familiar. But I had a breakfast. I had like a breakfast, uh, like a wrap there. Well, I think that's the, like, there aren't there like two separate ones there? So you have Ronto Roasters, and then you have Docking Bay 7. Right. So I think yeah. they're a little bit. So that you can get a Ronto Roaster there, but they, I don't know if they're open for breakfast over at Docking Bay. Uh, but though, like I said, those Ron, those wraps for breakfast are actually delicious. Well, that's and for everyone listening, we're kind of staying away from breakfast foods with this list because uh, you know a lot of these, some of these places have breakfast, but it's kind of the same stuff no matter where you go. So uh, we're gonna move on. We're moving number five. We're heading back over. We're we're park hopping like crazy back over to Animal Kingdom, but this time we're heading to Pandora World of Avatar. And at number five, Joe coming in Satuli Canteen. Yeah, man, this is to me one of the better quick service restaurants in all of Walt Disney World. It's I've never heard anybody say anything bad about it. The theming is absolutely outstanding. Uh, in Pandora, uh, fell in love with the cheeseburger steamed pots with the the bao buns. I absolutely love those. I used to be grossed out by them. I was like, that looks weird. I tried them for the first time, and it's a must every time I go to Animal Kingdom. Um, they have also the combination bowls with the grilled beef and chicken. You can kind of like, especially with the the mobile order, you can kind of customize them to what you want, which is really nice because you can get kind of be, I guess, as healthy as you want or as picky as you want, I guess, or as healthy as it can, can be. Um, so it gives you a lot of, it gives even your picky eaters a lot of great options there. Um, they also have a garlic shrimp bowl, uh, other chicken bowls. They have a tofu bowl if you're into uh, into that, uh, but it's just a great place. There's always plenty of seating. Uh, we never wait really a long time to get our food, and the quality of the food is always hot. It's always fresh. Uh, it's always being turned over. You're not getting something that's been sitting on like a warmer for a long time. And uh, it's just it's a really great place inside Pandora uh, to have uh, to have a quick service meal. And it's something that if you are bringing first time visitors, it's a great place to bring a first time visitor uh, if you're bringing them to Animal Kingdom for for a quick service meal. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I have to admit something. I've never eaten here. Ah, oh, dude. So you good. Eat oh, it's really good. Really? Yeah. Yep. You know, we're not big, quick. Mike knows this about me. So I I typically don't eat my first meal till about, what, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically, we when we're at Disney, like, I'll just do a table service meal for the day. And then I'll eat snacks later in the evening. Um, I'm pretty bad about that. And so I, I skip a lot of quick service meals. But I... I need to go over here because everyone just screams how good it is. Like everyone says that everything there, Mike, is just fantastic. Yeah, those those cheeseburger pods are my favorite. Uh, I was a little weirded out, like Joe was in the beginning. You know, kind of like the <laughs> texture on them and whatnot. But man, they really grow on you, and they're really good. I like them a lot. Uh, it's it's definitely a a different. Uh, type of quick serve. Uh, what I like about that place also is it's huge inside. So it's one of those things that, you know, being over in the Pandora area over there, it can get pretty crowded. You know, obviously, Flight of Passage being such a spectacular ride, it's one of the go-to things for people to go to. I'm sure as a traveler, you tell people that that's an area that they have to check out. So to have a great 
sit down area for a table, so you know, for a quick service that gives plenty of places to be able to sit down and eat. Uh, I only wish Woody's Lunchbox had a indoor area <laughs> that size because it would make that even more of a fantastic restaurant. So besides the besides the fact that you get some really cool, unique things there, it's also a great spot to know that you can kind of almost pretty much, unless it's a really really big heavy park capacity day, pretty much guaranteed to get a, a seat to kind of just chill out and sit down a little bit and kind of take a break during the day. Yeah, Woody's Lunchbox is on the surface of the sun. I mean, it's they're legit like, hey, uh, you sit here and you'll enjoy it at 1,000 degrees, um, and good luck finding seating too, um, which is one of the best quick services around that around that park. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Moving on, though, let's, let's head over. We're going to stay in Animal Kingdom, actually. We're going to stay in Animal Kingdom. We're going to head over to Asia, though. Mike, Yak and Yeti. Yeah, you know, I tell you, you know, growing up in New York City uh, – Oriental Asian food is huge in New York. It's something that my kids were always brought up on. Uh, you know, we usually get pizza on Fridays and, you know, Chinese food on a Saturday night. Uh, now that we're down here in South Carolina, the Chinese food places aren't as good as they are in New York. I'm sorry. It's one of those things that uh, New York just kind of does it better. You know, I'm sure uh, every area has got its kind of, you know, fantastic ethnicity and just kind of what the area, what it's known for. And growing up in Queens, New York, there is no better place in the world for Oriental food. That, that you know, there in Manhattan, uh, some of the the Asian foods are absolutely great. So something that we've always done, and when we're on vacation, it's always nice to have something that you're comfortable having. And I know the kids love because you know we eat it on a regular basis. And I tell you, the menu at Yak and Yeti looks very similar to a menu you would get if if you had a flyer that came in the mail or one of those door to door flyers in Queens and you wanted to order something. You know, between pork pot stickers or egg rolls, firecracker shrimp. Um, um, all sorts of Korean chicken, tuna nachos, uh, very, very good, authentic Asian food and cooked really, really well. Um, th- th- everything that we liked a lot, it's one of those great spots we can go to. It's usually a pretty good reservation to get. It's, it's not that hard. Uh, it's available once in a while, and if you don't see it right away, it does pop up from time to time. And if you really can't get one of the dining reservations, the Yak and Yeti quick serve downstairs is just as good, if not better, than the actual sit-down restaurant. So I've only done the quick service. I've never actually done table service because Katie doesn't like Chinese food. Um, but, you know, for me, it's it's one of those things that I love having the options. I think that's what makes Disney different than a lot of places, uh, Dan, is the fact that you can get different types of food all over the place depending on what you're in the mood for. Yeah, I, like I said, Yak and Yeti is is something that we've only had the quick service because, again – quick service you can get the fried rice you can get the like the the orange chicken stuff like that so the mm-hmm. boys like that stuff but you know again jen and the boys will eat like like chinese food but again they're very picky you know like jen doesn't like vegetables so like just to give you an example tonight i got i got we have a blackstone in the backyard i did chicken fried rice on the grill okay well hey don't put this in it don't put that in it don't you know it's like <laughs> give me a break so so, again, a lot of this stuff, looking at the menu, the ahi tuna nachos look phenomenal. Some of these, some of the lo mein and, like, the, the dragon roll bowl, like, some of those noodles and bowls look really delicious. I would love to eat here, but, you know, Jen would be sitting in the background, yet, well, I don't want any onions. I don't want any, uh, you know, green beans, this or that, you know. So it's, unfortunately for the Rossi family, it's probably not a spot we're going to hit. Well, that's that's our problem. Katie's yeah. the same way. Katie's yeah. like, I don't want this and this. Yeah. Uh, the other night, Katie had something going on. She had work and a meeting and something like that. So it was Riley and I just doing our, you know, just two of us for dinner. And I was like, what do you want? She's like, Chinese, please. We haven't had Chinese in forever because <laughs> of mom. I'm like, all right, cool. We can do that. That's fine. We can order it. Um, let's move along. We're moving on to number three. We're heading over to Epcot, heading to Morocco to a Spice Road table someplace I have done. Dan, this is a spot if you want to try something new, Moroccan food, there you go. Yep, uh, and actually I tried it for the first time just back in March when we did our Away With Me Travel Fam uh, because I was by myself because, there, again, there's no way I'd be able to drag the family here. Again, different menu. I think they just expanded it out because I think they had like a post-COVID menu where it was kind of dialed down a bit. Uh, so I got to try the Spice Road Sampler, which had like, uh, the tzatziki, the spiced chicken, and stuff like that. It was all really good. Uh, it was a smaller dish, though. So, like, everything on this menu isn't priced, like, really high. But that's because they're more, like, samples. Uh, what well, I don't want to say samples, but they're, like, they're smaller portions. So you could definitely it's fill like up. like tapas-style yeah. portions. Yep, you can definitely yeah. fill up on it, but you're probably going to need, like, a couple of different things. 
Uh, or if you just want to, you know, snack around a little bit because you want to eat around the world, this is the perfect place to go. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm over here just making a ton of noise, dropping things left and right, and I cut my hand. So I was trying to get a band aid while we were recording to stop. Yeah, again, <laughs> again. I hit it on the desk and it just busted open. I'm like a 90 year old over here with the skin of a you know a, a, a moth. He's it's on, horrible. He's on blood thinners. Be careful. <laughs> it's, it's things aren't going well in the Suter household. Um, you know, it's I I I went here. I really give Katie credit for coming here and trying it. Joe, it was for a picky eater. This is a hard sell, and Katie did it once. She did say she would never do it again. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought the food was fine. Um, but it does give you lots of options if you if you do want to try something. You're an adventure seeder. Yeah, I mean, I've tried a lot of these foods. I lived in Michigan, so a lot of the Middle Eastern kind of foods. Uh, you know, I I did sample when I lived would live there. And uh, the one good thing I'll say is uh, on your behalf is if she tried it, at least Epcot's full of uh, quick service and restaurants or festivals where if she didn't really eat much at dinner, you can go and just kind of get something from yep. a food booth. So if you're if there's a place to try something, this is kind of a an easy. An easy win because you definitely have some backups, but not really up uh, for me personally. This is not really up my um, up my aisle. Um, I think uh, Dan, our gens are you know woven from the yeah. same cloth. Uh, my wife is super picky and eats like three different three things pretty much. That's about it. Uh, I think you guys saw that in the cruise. She eats steak like every night pretty much. So it was <laughs> that's uh, Katie. That's all. She, yeah, it's exactly. So, uh, but yeah, we don't really adventure there too much. Um, it would be one of those places of, if we were had a guy's trip there and we were kind of hanging out. Let's try it. I would definitely try it. You know, and uh, you know. For something different, but just Jen and I probably not. We're, this is not something that would be up or out. Out of out of the five of us, who would be the most likely to end up in um, doing a belly dance in one of the outfits? That was probably you. you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> Mike. You ever eaten here? No, I have not. I've eaten that type of food quite a bit. Obviously, being in New York, they have the uh, the hala hala and the falafel trucks are all over the place. I mean, that's just the staple. You can't, you know, that and the hot dog carts are the two things. Love you see hot in dog carts. City streets all over. Yeah, the dirty water dogs and uh, hala hala. You know, falafel trucks are all over the place in New York City. So, um, you know, quite a few nights working overtime. I've had to stop by those trucks and get some of that type of food. So, I'm, I'm the food I've had at Epcot. No, I haven't. So, uh, it would take a lot of convincing to get the girls to go there too as well uh well let's move on to number two look let's all get our wallets out for these next two okay because we're all about to spend a pretty pity and we're going to go and we're going to enjoy some fine food and we're going to challenge our palates at some of these adventurous restaurants joe at number two we're staying in epcot we're traveling over japan and we're going to the brand new the newest takumi thai over in japan yeah i got really good taste in dining i feel and i have not done this yet this is a very pricey uh very pricey meal so according to the uh the disney website uh it says select from two uh prefix menus uh multi-course meals priced at 250 dollars per adult and 150 dollars per adult plus tax and gratuity and then if you have children ages 8 through 12 uh so i guess there is a minimum age to dine here i guess it's an eight is the minimum age yeah. uh, yep. it's 100 dollars per child so you must Really love your child to spend a hundred dollars on a prefixed uh, a menu dinner uh, for them, but uh, this is a very specific uh, Japanese Asian uh, menu. Uh, some of the things on here, um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce some. They have sushi, sashimi, shurumono, which is I guess a seasonal broth, yakimono. Um, that's a so the yakimono is your choice of a three ounce Japanese A5 wagyu steak, which I have tried. It's absolutely amazing. Curry roasted potatoes, roasted seasonal mushrooms, roasted duck, garlic, sautéed spinach. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of expensive stuff on here. Um, there's also a ocha to kanmi, which is a green tea accompanied by your choice of chestnut creme brulee. So this is part of the, um, I guess, the prefixed meal. Uh, there's also a lobster tempura served with a creamy ponzu sauce and a matcha salt. Um, they also have some... Uh, Chef's uh, selection of five seasonal appetizers. Looks like that rotates. Um, and then it just goes into some other things. They have some deep fried tofu, seasonal vegetables. I guess if maybe you are kind of, you know, maybe a vegetarian or something. It's a lot of money to spend to be a vegetarian at this restaurant. Um, and then they have a children's menu, which essentially it's uh, – I love it that there's a choice of Wagyu steak for the child. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> – 
you know, you can have that with soba, warm noodles, and a broth. Uh, they do have some sushi. So it's a very random menu. I'm kind of bouncing around. If you're interested in it, just take a look at the Disney menu uh, on uh, Disney's website on MDE because I don't think I'm doing it justice. But it's uh, it's a very interesting menu. I think I would like to try it. I mean, anywhere we have the A5 Wagyu, I'm all for now. But um, yeah, you, this might be a place that you... I don't know if you really want to try to get your money's worth out of it. You might just be getting the, the dining experience because Justin said it's a very limited seating. It is seating, very right? limited seating. This restaurant? Yep. Okay. And you know what? That's It's it's an experience. Like I've done Victorian Alberts. Um, Joe, have you ever done it? What, Victorian yeah. Alberts or this place? Victorian Alberts. I did Victorian Alberts when I was 12 years old. So I really actually want to do it as an adult where I could actually uh, enjoy what the – the culinary experience would be, but I did it as a 12 year old. Yeah. It's, Go figure. it's, I would assume this is the same, you know what I mean? It's, it's an experience. It's not something you're do on every Disney vacation. It's something that you do to kind of check it off your Disney bucket list, which I would, I would definitely like to, you know what we should do guys. Next time we're all in the parks together, we should do this. Mike, you're down. I know. I know Mike's down. Oh yeah. Like Dan is Dan is literally Boy, peeing his pants right now that he's going to spend. <laughs> I'm hiding my wallet right now. <laughs> he's on Groupon. Right really now, he's <laughs> on Groupon. <laughs> well, see, it's dining experience for this part of the Disney dining plan. Takumi tie. <laughs> here's my problem. So, and Jen yells at me all the time, and I don't know if this is from you know working at the firehouse, being on the ambulance all the time. I literally inhale my food. Like, I can eat my meal in, like, a matter of, like, two or three minutes, and, you know, it's just gone. So, like, me spending $250 on, on like, food that I'm just going to absolutely inhale, it's it's hard. Why wouldn't you just slow down, though? I, you know, I try to. I try, but I eat I eat quickly, and, you know, that is that is one of my many – that is one of my many faults. <laughs> so – uh, Don't sell yourself short. But you have, but again, when you have four, four ounces of steak in front of you, man, you're oh. going to cut nice and small I, pieces. I would you love that, so. to try that that A5 Wagyu, though. That, that looks delicious. Well, I tell you what, it's an awesome experience over at Takumi Tai. Uh, but coming in at number one, I'm going to lead you over. We're going to stay in Epcot once again for the top three all in Epcot. And I'm going to take you to a place that I have experienced. I think I'm the only one here that's done this. Um, and that is the incredible Monster Paul's. It changed a bit since the last time I did it. It is now a prefix menu. Um, look, you get. We're leaving Takumi Tai. This is a cheap meal compared to that. Hundred ninety-five dollars per adult, plus tax and gratuity um, for a prefix meal. And let me run you through a menu just a little bit. You do get a uh, amuse bouche uh, served with Montreal Paul's cocktails, um, hortivores. That's a throwback to a uh, old DDP episode. Uh, you get some, <laughs> some more divorce, uh, and those are you get to choose one. You get a main lobster salad with passion fruit vinaigrette, uh, escargot uh, cassoulet with watercress and potato emulsion, uh, saffron mussel soup. You get a fish course, which is either sea bass. You get one choice: sea bass in a puff pastry, um, snapper in potato scales with a thyme sauce, or seared scallops served in a maple pumpkin volet. Um, you get a, I don't even know what this is. I think it's a mid, it's a sorbet. So it's a palate cleanser. Ah, it's a palate cleanser served with pear brandy and sorbet. And then your meat course, choose one, a rack of lamb roasted in a cocote, curly green cabbage stuffed with mushrooms and chestnuts, fresh thyme juices, or you can do a center cut beef, uh, beef tenderloin grilled, uh, porcini fricassee. Uh, mashed potatoes. People are losing their minds. They're like, I love when Justin reads stuff. <laughs> Mussolini. You should. I'm. I'm skipping the French. I'm doing what Joe did. I'm like, I'm going straight to English. I can't do this. I'm not going to butcher this. Atta boy. Uh, and then the last one, a chicken fricassee, 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 fricassee. Yeah, sure. with with morals. Oh, that's good. That's really nice. The fr- the chicken had morals at least. It wasn't just out there, you know, with morals, morels. Uh, rice pilaf with vegetables and black truffles. Some black truffles on there. Um, then you get a cheese plate. For dessert, you get choose one. Chocolate almond cake or a thin apple tart or a meringue vanilla ice cream. Last one, I'll eat some assorted mini desserts served with a gi- digestive cocktail. Boys, this restaurant may be the smallest restaurant on Disney property. Um, I've been in v- Victoria and Albert's V&A's, as Joe says. I believe Montreux Paul's probably seats less than Victorian Albert's. It is that intimate to go and experience. Um, Joe, would this be on your list of things that you would go do? 
Yeah, I think the the French cuisine. I could find something that would uh, that I would like. You know, what I'm saying. I think the intimate setting would be really good. You know, Jen and I have done a lot of. We've been very lucky to do a lot of the really nicer dining options in Disney World. We haven't done V&As yet, obviously together. But this is something that's probably a little bit more achievable than V&As. Like that's a super hard reservation to get. But I think we would try this. I think I've been to Chefs de France before, and I think uh, the French cuisine. I, it's it's good enough for me. You know, what I'm saying where I would enjoy the meal. So I definitely would try this for sure. Love it, Mike. Uh, would you ever do this? Yeah, I would. I would. I would probably give this a try. I like this menu a little bit more than I like the other menu, uh, so I would try this one. Um, probably a guy's trip. I don't know if I would do it with the girls. Man, can you see us all? Do you know how? Like, we we go down. There's the five of us. We're hanging out and we're sitting there. And all of a sudden, it's like, so what are you guys doing? Well, uh, for lunch, um, we're doing like a three p.m. Monster Paul's, and then about a 7.30 p.m. Takumi Thai. We're going to drop like four grand on food in a matter of no time at all. Uh, Dan, once again, on our list of the 10 top places to eat in Walt Disney World, inside the parks for Adventure Cedars, our top two require a boatload of money for a a, a sit-down meal. Probably two of the more expensive meals, just to give you an idea, you can go sit in the premium tier one seating over at Hoopty Doo for cheaper than you can do Montreal Pulse. Yeah, I mean, man, you know, you know how I like to say if it's free, it's for me. I mean, I, I don't know if I could do this. You know, that's a lot of money in a theme park to go to dinner. I mean, obviously, it would only be Jen and I if we did it. I, I thought we, we almost did it, I want to say in like 2017 when we were there. And for whatever reason, we changed our mind last minute and did Chefs de France. But the price back then was was definitely different. They didn't have the prefix menu. Um, man, but man, in my opinion, that is a lot of money to be throwing down uh, at Epcot for dinner for two people. I mean, whew. maybe, I, maybe well, I, I'm the cheap one here, but son of a gun. I don't know if I can not, do it. Not maybe. <laughs> not maybe. Right. Let's take maybe uh, out of that statement. Okay. <laughs> Just say, I'm the cheap one I here, am but, definitely the yeah. cheap one here, and I don't know if I can do that. Uh, well, guys, look, there is something out there for every palate. No matter if you're going to Walt Disney World and you are a picky eater or if you're wanting to try something from all over the globe, Walt Disney World is a place where you can go to one central location, be surrounded by magic, and also try these amazing foods. And I hope that you will go and you'll try a lot of these places on our top 10 list of places, adventure, adventurous eater. That is, that word is really getting me right. Adventurous <laughs> eaters should try at Walt Disney world. And I hope you go over to DDP today podcast family on Facebook. And you let us know some of these places that you've eaten. Give us your opinion because they really are incredible experiences. If you're wanting to try something new. You know, I love being on social media. I go on Facebook. I go on Instagram. And, you know, some of the things that people like to do when they're on those social media platforms is if they're eating in a new restaurant, take pictures of those, you know, weird things or maybe some, a dessert or, or a meal you haven't tried for the first time. And there's some great Disney dishes out there. And if you happen to be trying one of these new things and you're at one of the parks and you take some pictures, well, why don't you post it on our Facebook page? Because we have an amazing DDP family. It brings you to my favorite thing every week. And they post the greatest picks of the week. Picks of Picks of the week. It's time for us to get our picks of the week. All right, guys, you know how much I love picks of the week. Dan, why don't you give me what's your favorite pick of the week? My pick of the week is going to go to Richard Pena. He posted a pic of uh, some new ink that he got done. He had uh, a Lion King tattoo. Looks really awesome. Uh, I am, I'm a big sissy when it comes to tattoos. I've only had one tattoo done on my arm, which is in a spot that really doesn't hurt that much. But uh, I was a big baby, and I just did not I, – I, I could not tolerate it. So uh, that's probably my first and only tattoo. But it is a really, cat, tat, really cool tattoo nonetheless, uh, so it is definitely my pick of the week. Very cool. Joe, what's your pick of the week? I just want to ask Dan, first of all, the tattoo. Is it like, is it like some sort of like message that says, if lost, return to Jen Rossi with your address? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it has my phone number on it. <laughs> so I'm sorry, man. I had to. Uh, so, Mike, my pick of the week uh, comes to our Patreon family, and uh, I went with Steve Taylor, and he actually posted a um, a review of or like a, a retweet of a, a account called Days Gone Disney, and this account posts a lot of old school like 
commercials and like bits and pieces from maybe like old vacation planning videos. And it's just really cool. And this one is from 1995. And the, the clip says seems so primitive right now. And it just goes about how like the tickets were done and how much they cost. And it just seemed like a very easy time to plan a Disney vacation. It's a really cool account. Uh, there's a lot of great accounts out there um, that kind of post these kind of things. So Steve, thanks for uh, posting that for us to, uh, for all to check out. I'm following that account, which is awesome. And for that, Steve gets my pick of the week. Very cool. Great pick. Now, I always wind up going last, so I'm going to take over the next one. Sorry, Justin. Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to Lindsay Ray and Mike Jonas, and they have the picture of the kids there, and they are waiting for the Little Mermaid to start in the drive-in. And I know quite a few of our DDP families have been checking out the new Little Mermaid movie. I haven't yet to see it. Uh, I know a lot of people have been liking it, enjoying it, and I'm hoping you're all having some great family time. So to Lindsay Ray and Mike Jonas, you Katie have my went- pick of the week. Justin, yeah, I was going to say, Katie went saw it, and... Really, really liked it. Said Javier Bardum uh, was horrible as King Triton, but other than that, everyone's fantastic. So <laughs> good to hear. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, head over to our DDP me, Today Sorcerers Running Club. Um, if you're not a member of that, go over and join today because that is a fantastic place. Whether you're running marathons or you're just wanting to get off the couch, taking that first step is a place of positivity. And I'm gonna go with the amazing ALC Ashley Lavorn Cook. And she posted, "We just got home from camping today and got in a run. It's time to get back on the track and training for wine and dine." And here's what I love about Spots. Here's why I picked it. She said, Aniston decided she wants to try out for cross-country now that she's going to sixth grade. Aniston and Riley, same age. Uh, well, about the same age. And uh, so I know what that's like. And she said it's the only sport her school has for that age. Um, so they started doing workouts together and conditioning together. And that's what that page is all about. She was posting kind of what they were doing and some pictures and all that stuff. So, Ashley, I absolutely love the fact that you were doing that because it is motivation for not only us, but also for our kids, for our families, for those people we love. And that is what it's all about. Guys, absolutely blast tonight. Look, DDP family, if you've not done so, so many great communities out there. I know we've talked about getting the DDP book club back together. Of course, if you're interested in joining us out in Disneyland for the DDP Today Disneyland Family Vacation, go right now. Join that Facebook group, DDP Disneyland, uh, over there, and you can get some information. Get a hold of a show at awaywithmetravel.com. Still room available to join us. Lots and lots and lots of great families coming out west to hang out and have a blast out that way. Um, So get a hold of us, and we will have so much fun doing that. So much going on, of course. If you've not checked it out and you're a fan of the Universal Parks, Universal Unleashed with Dan and myself uh, over there, we do have the Universal Unleashed Nights of Fear event September 13th through the 17th that you can come and check out. Myself, Dan, Mike, Joe, and Dave will all be hanging out in Universal doing Halloween Horror Nights and Hallow Scream. So come hang out with all the hosts of both DDP Today and Universal Unleashed. Have lots of fun. Create those memories that will last a lifetime. So much going on. I do want to mention really quickly, Dan has put together an amazing order form for custom DDP Today hats. If you're a fan of the show, if you want to uh, rep some DDP gear in the parks or even in your own life, keep it in Disney, this is a fantastic way. If you click the link below, you'll be able to access that spreadsheet. Fill that spreadsheet out. And then you can Venmo Dan, and those hats will be ordered, shipped straight to you. Or if you're coming to Disneyland, we'll bring them to Disneyland and hand deliver deliver them to you. Uh, we'll make sure Mike delivers them. He's the he, he's the delivery guy for us. He's got us covered. He'll make sure they get to the right <laughs> destination. Um, but it's so much great stuff coming on with the podcast. We're so excited getting into summer. I hope you guys are excited to talk a lot of great Disney coming up, to have a lot of great vacations, and we appreciate you so much. Patron family, stick around. We're going to chat about some of the weirder foods around the world that maybe we've eaten. We're going to talk a little bit about Phil Collins, and uh, and we're going to get into the fact of uh, why uh, Animal Kingdom is not a half-day park. So I'm going to chat on that side a little bit. Before we do that, let's close it up, have some fun. I'm going to come to you first, Mike. I had a great time talking some Disney dining. Uh, you know, I have a great love of food. I have a great love of doing some Disney stuff with the family. And uh, I got to rehash some of those memories tonight of us doing some cool dining experiences. So hope everybody had it, enjoyed the show tonight. And maybe they have, uh, you know, a new restaurant picked for the next trip. Uh, and until then, I had a great night. And I will love see it, Dan. you guys real soon. Nope, uh, great show. Uh, we got to reiterate how I'm the, the cheap one of the group. So that's great. Uh, but I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about these hats because I've had a couple of people reach out. You know, we have like, you know, your regular like mesh truck, trucker style hats. There's a fitted uh, flex fit hat. And then I even have like some snapback hats for those folks who want like the flat bill as well. So I'll probably post something in the group here in a couple of days before I head out of town. Uh, just to remind everyone to like, you know, if you do want to order something, just just post it in that Google Drive. 
Uh, because by the time I get back from Jamaica next week, I'm probably going to be putting that order in really soon. Uh, just because we want to make sure that we get all those hats in in time for the Disneyland trip. So that way we can have Mike hand deliver them to uh, to all of our DDPers out there. So had a great time tonight, guys. Uh, Love it, Joe. Looking forward to uh, Patreon as well. Yes, I think Mike took the uh, words out of my mouth. I think for the next host trip when we're down there, we definitely have some restaurants to check off uh, on our list of uh, places to dine. So looking forward to that. A great show tonight. Love hanging out with you guys and uh, Patreon. Absolutely love DDP today, family. Have an amazing week. Spread some cheer. Make someone smile. And until next time, we will see you real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Have Have a good night. night. See you guys. On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the wonder That is a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.